0: Oh, it's got that. Okay. So before we begin this evening, uh, just want to let you know that um, our dear Kirti, sitting in the front row, has just updated our website to include the a uh, page on the website and a Facebook. Is it and a Facebook page or on the main Facebook site? on the main Facebook site, all about the 60-day or rains retreat and all the information you will need about the two half-day meditations that we'll be doing, one at the end of this month and one at the end of the next month. All that is on our website and on the Facebook page. Correct? And I also, while we're at it, would like to encourage you, uh, if you haven't If you're willing to practice a little more intensively for the next uh, for these two months to find a buddy. In fact, if you're a little shy about it, just turn to the person sitting next to you right now and see if they want to be your buddy. No, don't even see if they want to. Tell them they have to be. (laughs) But uh, just don't be bashful. Just we're all we're all in this together. So please. Um, find somebody just to check in with, and you can make it work for you. Uh, try to agree on a frequency that, that doesn't feel like too much pressure. But really utilize the, the resources of our website and utilize the resources of knowing that other people are practicing these 60 days and uh, give your heart to it and see what happens. It's the only way that practice ever bears fruit is, is if you actually uh, do it. I was just reading something about one view was that the only way to, I'm not a believer in this necessarily as an absolute, but one view is that you need 12 years of constant uh, practice of retreat to pacify your mind. Now, 12 years is, I mean, you have the rest of your life, but you will be surprised if you intensify your practice a little bit over 60 days, you'll start to see something change in your mind, in your heart. And hopefully you don't do it as a, um, as Alan Watts put it, as a grim duty because it's good for you. You do it because you really, your heart really wants to be free. You want to have, as the recitation uh invites, you want to have ease of being, ease of well-being. Any of you interested in ease? I think that's what I'll talk about tonight, ease. How do you feel when you hear the word ease? Isn't it amazing how just the naming of the word ease, just the arousing of that thought, ease, notice if there's any impact in your mind and your body. Anybody notice anything, or is it just sound like a word? Anybody willing to say what you noticed? Ease, please. You have to. I heard the first part, but not this. You felt panicky and uneasy. Oh, now I have to be easy right now. So it was like a little voice, the voice of, (laughs) beautiful, thank you, voice of internal pressure, the superego came in to spoil it. (laughs) It does that. Please, Linda. Makes you feel calm. calm. Please. felt, uh, Felt more spacious, just having the word ease in the room, more spacious. A little panic, a little more spacious, a little more calm. Anyone else? Please, Marilyn. I thought about the song Ease on Down the Road. thought about the song Ease on Down the Road. And when you thought about that song, how did you feel? Felt great. felt great. Isn't it amazing, the power of a word? It just so happens. I talked about this a little bit on Saturday. I did a... We had a lovely day long at Spirit Rock. It just so happens that this quality of ease is uh, an expression of your natural state. It's natural to each of us. And in being natural, it is in the deepest meaning it is unconditioned. There are no conditions for ease. It is simply it is a it is an unconditional quality. It's, so that it's as an unconditional quality, it's a quality that we simply have to turn toward. We just have to invite it because it's there for us if we do. Now, in the process of recognizing that unconditional quality, there may there may arise all the considerations. Why I can't be easy right now? I'm supposed to be or um or I'm panicky or pressured or many things will arise. But if you if you keep in some way, some way that suits you, keep referring to this idea, this unconditional quality of ease, you'll begin to feel easier, just as many of you did just by the mention of the word ease. One of the traditional phrases that is used for the cultivation of of metta or loving kindness, along with may I be happy and peaceful, may I feel safe and protected, may I feel healthy and strong, things like that. The last one is may I have ease of well-being or may I live with ease. And when one recites that, the invitation is to not wait for that feeling. Because you can say, may I have, may I be happy. The tendency is to project into some time in the future that I can be at ease. And as long as I'm projecting to in some point in the future, there is a, a, a quality of what I call postponement. There's a quality of being, um, being, in a, a sense of suspended ease, rather than, may I be at ease and letting it in the same way that you did in those few moments where we, where I checked in with you, letting it be felt now. And as an unconditional quality, you simply need to turn toward it. Now we all want to be at ease. That's, I think that recitation reflects a deep wish that all of us have to be at ease. Do you believe when I say it's an unconditional quality and you simply need to turn toward it do you believe me or does some consideration come into your mind that says uh, n- uh, maybe for everyone else but not me Well that that voice of consideration is the is part of the voice and the experience that life's really hard. You know, I think of I think of ease as the opposite of hard. So we all want to be at ease, but our lives are really hard. Do you agree with that? Our lives are really hard. Now, what is that? What does that mean? Life is really hard. What what's what is that experience of hard anybody willing to say what's the experience of hard it's a kind of inquiry please try to speak up so do you know i can't hear Somebody, could somebody speak louder than what she just said? or I'm sorry, I can't hear. But things are hard for you, I think. Okay, we experience things are hard for... Now, what is that experience of things being hard for us? Might be easy for somebody else, but they're hard or challenging for us. I'm still trying to get at what that experience of being challenged is. Please, struggle, struggle. and please, not getting what you want, and another, yeah, wishing, things wishing things were different. Well, th- please, confusion. Okay, confusion. Wishing things were different than the way they are. Not getting what you want. And everything, is changing all the time. and everything is changing all the time. Feeling like you need to do things out of obligation. So it sounds like a lot of, of what is hard is somehow, well, there's a, a variety of things, but to me the heart of it is at least what the Buddha spoke about is that deep desire for things to be other than the way they are, whether it's something we want that we don't have or something we have that we don't want. It's some version of being in contention with reality, not being in harmony with things as they are, and that's where impermanence comes in. It's, it's fighting, it's fighting, uh, it's not. Ha- it's and someone said confusion confusion is the lack of clear perception of how things are so if you think if you reflect on how things really are if you really came to realize how things really are how the universal truth about everything then that seems to be one of the doorways to ease and i th- as i say that i think of how things really are are that they are always changing. Everything is in a state of flux. Every, every cell of your body, every thought that you have, every feeling, this whole the whole nature of this life is in flux, change, and we're all going to die. Sinking ships from the moment we're born. It only goes one way, this life. Now, how many of you are in harmony with that truth? So the the short the smaller version of that is that is somehow we have a mis, misperception called uh, the called uh, desire for permanence. We want things to last. We want to control the fact that things don't last. So that's the first misperception. Is that uh, we take what's impermanent to be permanent and that makes things harder so we react to the impermanent by clinging now when we if we really understood if we were really in harmony with the nature of change would clinging or holding on make any sense at all it makes no sense clinging comes from Lack of clear perception from misperception. So that's the first main misperception that makes things hard. Second misperception is the belief that there's some, because of the misperception about impermanence, we still hold this this misperception that there's got to be some experience. There's got to be some experience in this life that will give me lasting satisfaction. That will, That is my version of the end of the rainbow, my version of, of really arriving, really having everything I want. And you've seen how far that's gotten us. That misperception has kept us in a constant state of, of wanting what we don't have. And clearly... Uh, not wanting so much what we do have. So that's the first misperception, or second misperception, the third misperception. It's all about the way we view our life. That makes things really hard. That seems to oppose a sense of ease. Is you could put it simply as taking that which is not very personal to be very personal taking things personally you've heard the the modern version of the three characteristics you know the three characteristics of impermanence unsatisfactoriness or suffering the suffering nature of things the unreliability of things so impermanence unsatisfactoriness and the selflessness the emptiness of things. These are the three common characteristics to every experience. Everything is really selfless. Everything's just happening according to causes and conditions, completely interrelated, everything related to everything else. Nothing exists completely independently. No one exists independently apart from all the influences of our existence. So The modern version of that is shit happens. It'll pass, and don't take it personally. This really doesn't sound so fun when I said it tonight. Anyway, but the perception, the misperception that whatever it is that we are experiencing is me and mine. The personalizing of the sensations that are felt, my sensations, the thoughts that are experienced, my thoughts, the feelings that are being felt, my feelings, the experiences that are being had, my experiences, everything referred back to this imaginary agent called me. Yet when we, through meditative understanding, when we look into this question of there being an owner of this body, an owner of these thoughts, an owner of these feelings, an agent to whom they're all happening, there is, and don't believe me when I say this, there's none to be found. It doesn't mean you're not here because conventionally you are, but when we look more deeply into that situation, we see that there really is nothing that can be pointed to in this mind and body, internal or external, that we can say, this is me it is as jack cornfield puts it it is rent a body it is unbidden flywheel of thoughts it is the spontaneous arising of moods and emotions it is the you know 65000 thoughts that arise and pass through our mind every day uninvited 90% being repeats from the day before no amy please not me, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody is experiencing being a target from the outside, like a woman being... A woman being targeted for being a woman. Now, in regard regard to any of our conventional realities, of course, the intelligence would say, stop, you know, stop whatever that is from happening, do whatever you need to do, take care of yourself if you're a woman, whatever that is, we respond to that. What I'm speaking about tonight is to what degree our misunderstanding, our misperception of reality, keeps us in a state of tension, contention with reality and prevents us in the many, many, many thousands of moments that we have that where there is a possibility of having ease of being, preventing us from experiencing that. Not saying that every moment... We aren't either our perception is not clouded or through people's actions, unwholesome, unskillful actions, uh, our ease is shaken. It's clouded. It's We're not able to feel at ease. Is it is a reality, no doubt about it. Well, and, and you wanted it to be clear because? Did you think that? I might be saying that it was not a reality? Oh, you don't want me to differ? Oh, you want me to? Okay. Thank you. So, this is these three misperceptions taking what's impermanent to be permanent, unreliable to be reliable or uh, satisfactory. What is not self? Taking it to be self, me and mine. This is a, one of the main causes of of disease in our hearts. But the deep tendency that the Buddha spoke about was that uh, that that conditioned habit of wanting things to be different. That expresses itself as a state of craving, of wanting, of not wanting, of um, of because of the difficulty at being with things the way they are, as they have come to be, the tendency to, especially when it comes to uh, the unpleasant experiences that inevitably show up in our lives, the tendency to not just respond appropriately as we would if someone was being targeted, but instead to react with um, aversion. With ill will, with um, with um, a contraction, with the with a loss of equilibrium, a loss of equanimity, a loss of balance of heart and mind that would allow us to even. And again, I'm speaking an ideal. It's practicing in real time is not so easy. But the possibility of even maintaining some balance, and ease, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, even when we're not getting what we want. And it, sometimes it's a matter of, let's say you're having a really hard time. We're, we're, we're characterizing ourselves as having a really hard day. Now, today, I f- wasn't feeling so great in my body today. I felt kind of heavy, tired little agitated. I pretty much just wanted to check out, nap a little bit. Yet I had a day planned with all kinds of commitments, conversations. And in the midst of it, because I was thinking on these things, I said to myself, how can I bring, what would bring ease to this situation? And the moment Now, this might not to you seem like a hard time or anything. It wasn't. It's not. There's a. There is a high. um, There are much harder times, much harder things, but by dropping in the thought, how can I bring ease to this situation? I had very similar effect that some of you did when I dropped in the word into the room. My mind felt more spacious. My body relaxed a little bit. I stopped struggling with what was happening in that moment. I found, and in the cessation of struggle and strain, my mind naturally withdrew from its preoccupations with all the things I had to do or what I had been doing and became just spontaneously more oriented toward the very step I was taking on the sidewalk, the sights around me, the smells, the the felt experience of being on the street that I was on. And all of a sudden, without having my situation change one bit, I felt a sense of ease of well-being. And that, my, my mind changed. My heart changed. And I'm... certain is because that is my natural state, and it is your natural state. Our nature is calling us back to ourselves in this way. And it's only that we've become so conditioned to go out of ourselves in search for that ease instead of realizing that it exists as the very nature one of the fragrances of the very nature of your own mind, as it is even in this moment. But our mind, I said the word, but our mind, our mind has so many buts. But this is happening, but that's happening, but I have to do this, but this is what happened to me before. This is what's happening in the world right now. But, 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 but. And our buts, keep us. <laughs> it's not a very good use of butt. Good use of butt is tush on the kush. But our butts have kept us bound in time. That's why in the sitting tonight I said, don't go into time. The moment your mind goes into time, the body tenses, the heart the heart tightens the throat squeezes the view of ourselves shrinks the spaciousness is often lost do you know what i mean by go into time it really is the going into time is picking up time is picking up and living in our imagination as though what we're imagining is real because what we imagine is real is where i'm i'm this or i'm that i'm a failure i'm hopeless or i'm i'm not enough or i'm yeah <laughs> taking notes <laughs> i'm too much i'm whatever it is the moment you start characterizing yourself you've stepped into time because in real time, you could say, in the unfolding now, you can't find, you can't find evidence for, the, for the um, the terribleness, of, uh, of your imagination. You can't find it right here. No one could prove to me here that you're insufficient. But that's when we. Step into time, we step into that world of I talked about it before, that world of becoming. I'm here, I'm stuck. Things are hard. And if I really try hard, then someday I'll unstuck I'll get unstuck. Any of you ever think this way? Someday I'll get unstuck. And the very activity of trying to get unstuck, even though it comes so innocently and out of so much love for ourselves, the very act of trying to get unstuck is what's sticking us. So this 60day practice period and the reason I framed it last week as as a process that is fulfilled by every moment. It's not about whether you get through the 60 days, even though that's a wonderful accomplishment. but whether you get through the 60 days or not is all about how you take care of this moment the the whole path begins here the whole path itself following it is just staying here and the end of the path the end of the 60 days is the is the realization that there that i never ever left here and i only imagined that i do i'm always here that's the truth there's only this and you'll find if you develop that increased passion for real time, for the unfolding now, then you'll, you'll recognize a lot more ease is there for you. You'll recognize uh, that your desire to be somewhere else or have something else will get a little bit less and whatever you were waiting for, whatever you were postponing your ease for, um, is already, you find, is already, as Gendon Rinpoche put it, it's already resting quietly at home in front of your own hearth, your own fireplace, your own plasma TV. Have to make have to contemporize this conversation. Uh-oh. So what is the experience of we've we've explored a little bit the experience of hardness, what makes things hard. What is the experience of ease? I think a few people said it. Spaciousness, relaxation, money. Letting go. <laughs> Very good, Jen. <laughs> Letting go. As Ajahn Sumedho says, do everything. You know, d- Reduce your practice down to simply two words. Let go. Don't try to develop this practice or go into that, be, read this sutra, that sutra, become the... Uh, Buddha Bodhisattva lineage holder whatever it is just let go He says I did nothing but this for about 2 years every time I tried to understand or figure things out I'd say let go let go until the desire just fades out He says if you if you if you're busy accumulating experiences and not letting go your and you're reading all these sutras and You'll eventually be invited to great international Buddhist conferences. He says, ultimately, there's nothing more sorrowful than being invited to international Buddhist conferences. Just let go. Let go. That's the Theravada. That is the heart of the Buddhist teaching. That's the third noble truth. There is this capacity to let go to let go of the tight, our tight fist of strain, of life being hard. Life has difficulties, but the hardness has to do with the reactivity in the mind, the way our mind clings to those misperceptions, clings to time, clings to false ideas of, about ourselves, clings to our desires, our expectations, our hopes, our dreams, and clinging cannot coexist with ease except if you become aware of your clinging. If you can become aware of the hardness, the tension, the pressure, and let the ease sit side by side with the hardness, the hardness, whatever whatever you're experiencing as hard, in real time, cannot cannot survive. It will soften. And that ease that you meet it with will simply widen out into a realization of, the we call it, um, mahasati, pure awareness, intrinsic freedom, innate luminosity, the ground of being, the very nature of your heart and mind will reveal itself to you as home, as as having everything you need having all the nurturing capacity it's all within your own consciousness and it turns out then that that everything in everyone else is as well and so our a naturally a sense of goodwill and benevolence comes from knowing what's that everything is in within the nature of my heart and mind and in that way, we we become free, more free. Free and easy, as Gendon Rinpoche puts it in his famous song called Free and Easy. Happiness cannot be found through great effort and willpower, but is already present in open relaxation and letting go. Don't strain yourself. There is nothing to do or to undo. Whatever momentarily arises in the body-mind has no real importance at all and has little reality whatsoever. Why identify with and become attached to it, passing judgment upon it and ourselves? Really take that in. Passing judgment upon it and ourselves. Far better to simply let the entire game happen on its own, springing up and falling back like waves, without changing and manipulating anything, and notice how everything vanishes and reappears magically again and again, time without end. Only our searching for happiness prevents us from seeing it. It's like a vivid rainbow which you pursue without ever catching, or a dog chasing its own tail. Although peace and happiness do not exist as an actual thing or place, it is always available and accompanies you every instant. Don't believe in the reality of good and bad experiences. They are like today's ephemeral weather, like rainbows in the sky. Wanting to grasp the ungraspable, you exhaust yourself in vain. As soon as you open and relax this tight fist of grasping, infinite space is there, open, inviting, comfortable. Make use of this spaciousness, this freedom and natural ease. Don't search any further. Don't go into the tangled jungle looking for the great awakened elephant who is already resting quietly at home in front of your own hearth. Nothing to do or to undo. Nothing to force. Nothing to want. Nothing missing. Emoho, marvelous. Everything happens by itself. So ease, ease. Few things that increase our ease before I finish is acting in ways that are non-harming. We've talked about it a lot lately. Not killing, stealing, causing harm with our sexuality, not clouding our mind with intoxicants to the point of heedlessness, and being extra careful uh, with our speech, how we talk to ourselves, how we talk to each other, and maybe most importantly, how we talk to ourselves. If you can't say something, as my mother used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. And that is internally and externally. How many of you would take the next 60 days to make no, to have, let, not let your mind give rise to any kind of uh, critical, judgmental, harsh, uh, self hating comments, internal comments, or external? Now, of course, things, they, some will come automatically or unbidden, as we've said, but to the degree that you can commit to not giving rise to this kind of internal uh, these kinds of internal dialogues, uh, I think it's a great commitment. And if nothing more, it will highlight the, the way that you do talk to yourself. And if you really see it with the light of awareness and some kindness, it might be the cause of you uh, not doing it so much. So non-harming with body, speech, mm-hmm. and mind, a key to having ease of well-being. Doing the things in your life, just in general, the habits that um, that turn your life, that you know lead your lead to um, more difficulties, you've got to stop doing them. I'd love to get a survey of, actions that you do regularly that you know are not so healthy for you. Maybe try sixty days. Don't do them. Probably be really good for me to take sixty days off of coffee, but I'm not committing it to it yet. (laughs) So we wanna be wanna be reasonable. (laughs) But something you know, something do something that you can renounce for sixty days. It won't kill you. And any, it may even bring help bring more ease of being. I think um, a very important um, element that brings ease to our hearts because we hold resentments toward ourselves, we hold resentments towards others, and it really kills our ease. It is a, a real calcification of the heart, uh, holding grudges, holding resentments, and so. Any amount of at least intentionality around forgiveness and then active, active reminding of that intention to forgive would be really helpful. And some version for yourself of may I, um, uh, if I have harmed myself knowingly or unknowingly by what I've said or haven't said, done, or what I didn't do, thought, or what I didn't think, I forgive myself and I ask for forgiveness if I've harmed myself. If anyone has harmed me, or I felt harmed by anyone through thought, word, or action, uh, to the best of my ability at this time, I offer forgiveness. And if uh, and if uh, I have harmed anyone, uh, I ask for forgiveness. And having that in our consciousness over and over, planting the seed of, of letting go, the seed of forgiveness. It's really the one of the secrets of recovering this precious, uh, natural, great peace and ease. So I think you get the point, and I appreciate you listening to my um, conversation on, on ease, and thanks for participating as well. So let's sit quietly. Don't have to change postures, just be at ease in whatever posture. And when we stop and listen, stop separating ourselves out from the flow of life, just connect, we realize our interbeing being and from this vantage point of connection with all of life we can consider the blessings of us sitting together and that they be the blessings be shared with all beings everywhere what i do for myself i do or touch everyone whenever i touch anyone i touch everyone so deep wish that my practice my life my work be of some benefit to all beings and a deep wish that all beings have happiness and peace, that all beings can feel safe and protected from inner harm and outer harm, that all beings can know a sense of health and strength and at least meet the limitations of our body, our aging, sickness with grace, balance, and a deep wish that We find in this very life, in this very moment, ease of well-being, our hearts at ease, minds at ease, bodies at ease, and a deep wish that all beings find freedom, serenity, able to meet the joys and the sorrows without suffering. May all beings be liberated. Thank you. Just a, a reminder that the uh, room rental, again, $600 a month, 150 a week. Really appreciate any support for the room rental. Teaching here offered freely. It's my practice of Donna, invitation for you to practice your generosity in the form of support. Both go in the basket there. And uh, Madison has an announcement. Oh, before Madison makes a short announcement, just a reminder on the web on the rains retreat uh, facebook page or the on our website my email address is written there and i want to be the holder of your commitment for the next 60 days i may not respond to it with a yay go but but i will hold it in my heart and i will really um, Pray for you. <laughs> anyway, Madison has a short announcement. Okay, one last announcement. One of, our, uh, one of our fearless leaders of the Sangha, one of the people on the planning committee, a really central support for our community for the last several years, The person who designed our website, who actually made our community accessible to people literally around the globe, uh, is leaving us for a few months. I hope you don't mind me saying. Andrea Shane is leaving, and I want everyone to just shower her with blessings for her travels. She's going to be traveling. And just uh, express in your heart in whatever way you can a deep appreciation for her what part she's had in um, in really supporting our community here and uh, and in each of our practice really we've we've done I mean we're we're all affecting each other and Andre is a perfect example of that. So thank you Beau bon voyage. Okay, thanks everybody. night night.